This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're just cowering villagers hiding indoors and getting alpha males to do everything for us while watching spines number 52 and 53 in the Criterion Collection. Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo from 1961 and Sanjiro from 1962. But first, RJ, how was your Yo. weekend? Oh, you know, pretty quiet little weekend. Went to Home Depot. Did some uh, did some running around, you know, did some stuff with Andrea. Some errands. Some errands. No, uh, I uh, I had a pretty good weekend. I went down to Whitefish, Montana, where the fish aren't white, and there's oh my god, things are falling over in here. Um, where was I talking about? Oh yeah, I went to Whitefish, so that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. What's so? What's Whitefish for people who don't know anything about that? Whitefish is a small ta- little kind of town in Montana. It's near Kalispell. It, uh, it's like a ski and summer vacation spot. So in the winter, a there's a town. Of, yeah, it's up in the mountains. So there is a, uh, in the winter, there's skiing and all that. And then in the summer, there's a big lake there. So there's lots of boating. Uh, and this town is notoriously, um, has notoriously been infiltrated by Canadians. About 85% of everyone in attendance at any given time in Whitefish is probably a Canadian mm. from Alberta or BC. Um, I've been there many, many times, and I don't think I've ever met anyone that hasn't worked in Mon- in Whitefish That's is actually from Montana. Everyone you meet is from Canada down there. So they are, be- they are run by us. They, there would be no city without Canadians, mm. even though they don't necessarily agree with that. I've I've encountered nothing but hostility but from the locals. <laughs> but I think that's for other reasons. Mm-hmm. So as, as as this one is it kind of like yeah. the keep them mean, keep them keen. They treat you mean, so you keep coming back. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, every time I've gone there has been on like a stag. And so it's usually 10, 20 drunk guys, you know, ruining people's days. So I think that's why they don't they don't like it. But uh, oh. but I mean, I think they just they they overlook the fact that without our our uh, foreign capital, uh, there would be no funding in that uh, in that town. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, so uh, how, how was your stag? Uh, it was pretty good, man. It was pretty good. Not, it wasn't not, the, it wasn't your stag. I guess it was the stag no. that you were attending. Yeah, it was my cousin's stag. Yeah. So I was one of the uh, seventeen gentlemen invited to this deal. Oh, uh, so as I've said, I've been to many, and a lot of them have been in Whitefish. It's the place to go, I guess, because everything's very cheap, and we're Canadians, and we like to go and trash the place, mm-hmm. and then we come back here. You don't want to shit where you eat, right? That's right. Um, no, it's pretty good. Uh, What's to what's to talk about? I guess usually you don't really talk too much about. Well, the yeah, what what, what can what can be said about it at there, this point? There is a veil of secrecy mm-hmm. in in every good steak. Um, no, actually, we weren't we weren't too bad. It's it's definitely not the greasiest I've been on. I've been on some g- greasy goddamn horse shows, and this one wasn't the worst. So, uh, what did we do? We weren't there for that long. Went down on Friday, came back on Sunday. Uh, got a big Hutterite van, big 15-person van, and that puppy was loaded to the gill. 
And then uh, another side truck with a couple other guys, which I was involved in, uh, went down carrying all uh, the golf clubs and the baggage and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted no part of that van, Jared, because oh. I've been in those vans before. And it's nothing but mayhem from start to finish. Uh, there is, because I don't know if you know this, but in Montana, uh, you uh, there's le- it's legal to have open liquor in vehicles. As long as you're not driving. As long as you're I not hope. driving. Well, as long as the driver doesn't blow over. <laughs> that's, that's all. So there is uh, open liquor, and like, um, so me and two other dudes were in a in a truck driving um separately. Like we still drink, but uh, in that van, you got that herd mentality where there's a lot of egging each other on, and not well, not egging each other on, just silent peer pressure, I guess. Like no one's like forcing you to, but everyone's doing it, so you kind of feel obligated. Mm. Um, and also, I didn't want to be on that because uh, the ride home is infamously the most the worst drive in the entire world it is when you're hungover that drive through the mountains all the snaking and winding around bumping it's fucking horrible and the last thing you want to do is be in a van with 15 sour ass dudes that are all hungover (laughs) and fucking stink and made poor life decisions for the past 42 hours Mm. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I, I chose not to go in the van, which I think was the right call. But I mean, we made a lot of stops on the way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually only like a three and a half hour drive. But I, I think it took us five and a half to get down there because we, we kept making stops, pit stops, uh, filling up on beers, um, you know, all the things, stopping at pubs. I did stop at one place up in the mountains called the Snow Slip. And inside the bar, they had uh, a doggo and a cat. Just to live in there. And I thought that was pretty neat. Hmm. That was pretty neat. So uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So we went down. <laughs> and uh, first we got there kind of late the first day. So we went out to the bars right away. We got piled up pretty good. Mm-hmm. There was lots of stories, lots of excitement. Uh, no major blowouts. There was almost one fight. Uh, not between guys in the group, but with a guy in the group, if that makes sense. Okay. Not between people mm-hmm. within the group but Invol- someone in invol- our so involving one of your uh, participants decided to try to pick a fight with an outsider it was the groom actually oh uh, he he didn't pick the fight some fucking nerd in a uh, kumbaya sweater and a toque it's like 23 degrees celsius this fucking dude's wearing a toque decided he uh, had a problem with my cousin for some reason which uh i i remember i was around him i don't think he was like he wasn't that big of an asshole at the time so i don't think he did anything <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we went and got piled up, and it was a great success, and we went to the cabins, and we drank some more, and then a few short hours later, we got up, went to the golf course, uh, which is what men do on stags. Um, I'm not a big fan. I used to really like golfing, but uh, I get kind of bored of it, so um, me and another dude, we've been on a few stakes together. We just get a cart, so we, uh, we don't have to pay the green fee, which I think is the way to go, because after four or five holes, everyone usually tires out from it anyways. So we don't get a green fee, and then we just dick around the whole time, ramming into other carts, <laughs> finding big sticks, and like j- jousting with people. Uh, I flipped the cart uh, this time, which uh, we've never actually been able to do before. Um, I almost killed the guy with me, but uh, he saved us all. Um, there's this big hill, and there was a sign, this dinky little sign, like the size of a credit card, and it was like no carts. And I was like, "Fuck your sign!" So I drove over it, went down the hill. And then I tried to do, once I got to the bottom, we were going pretty fast, but we hit the cart path. So I tried to do a little, a sweet, like, stop and screech the tires, but I ended up just flipping the cart over. Oh. So, 
Um, but we're fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we did when golfing. We got, um, got a couple flats of beer in our cart instead of clubs. And then, uh, we kind of just went around fucking people up, driving over their balls, uh, driving over their beers. If they put them down on the ground, hitting, hitting stuff. And I mean, we weren't the only ones, like, like I said, after like four or five holes, there was like at least five, six other people there that's just started doing the same thing they're like we don't care anymore because you're not really there to golf anyways you're just there to drink beer and when you can get 10 beers for eight bucks down in montana i mean why not right Mm -hmm. and then uh, that night uh we after the golfing went to a steakhouse Uh, we got yelled at by an old uh, montana woman so that was fun Uh, it was a small restaurant i don't think they liked uh, 20 drunk sour dudes coming in uh wrecking up well we didn't wreck up the place we were just very loud mm. so uh we got a little grief there a little uh got a little mustard on that one i guess but uh you know that's fine and then we went out to the bars again that night and uh i wore a uh, i got a shirt from sears last week jared <laughs> and it had uh it has it's like a white button-up shirt like short sleeve it's got little bananas on it and that fucking thing was the bell of the ball i got so much attention for that now i'm not one to boast you know me i'm not one to boast but i swear every fucking time i went like i turned a corner or something there was some young lady going "Ooh, bananas trying to touch my shirt i got poked a couple times so uh i was getting a lot of attention that night jer a lot of people were into this banana shirt except for one (laughs) there was one girl one time me and uh one of the fellas uh, we were outside in the patio area indulging in some finer tobacco products and uh, a, a group of girls walked by and one of the girls stopped and she looked at my shirt and she said, ooh, bananas. And I, uh, my reply to her was, oh, no, they're plantains. <laughs> and uh, she just, the, the smile totally dropped from her face. She looked me dead in the eyes and just with a, like a very strong, no bullshit manner, she just looked at me and she went, don't, don't. <laughs> and I was like... And so I, I didn't, I, I hadn't been, I wasn't used to that response yet. So like, shit. And I was like, so my, I tried to save it. I was like, you know, they're like bananas. They're just kind of starchier. And she's like, no, nope. And then she turned around and walked right away. So she, uh, that lady wasn't into it. Um, I don't know, man. I've told you before, sometimes I get in weird situations with girls where I feel like I get treated like I'm this big asshole. I don't feel like I am, but I mean... <laughs> I guess if it happens a lot, I guess I probably am, hey? Um, yeah, we'll let the listeners decide. Do you think that's a sweet joke, though, that plantain thing? Uh, it, it'll amuse some. <laughs> it'll amuse some, yeah. Well, it didn't amuse her. She was not no, into it. No. Uh, the, um, some girl after, like, I swear, like five minutes later, another girl walked by, and she was like, bananas. So I tried it again because I just wanted to see the law of averages, you know? I mm. wanted to see good this plantain joke was and uh that that girl thought it was super funny there so, you go. so i guess there's that and then uh we got into some shenanigans that night <laughs> well a little bit of trouble and then we came back the next day and uh i don't know if i've ever puked so much in my life um i mean i puke all the time i'll be the first to admit that if i drink i don't know what it is in the last like five six years i always always puke the next day always so i was i already puked like four times at the cabin before we left 
uh, once in Whitefish before we got out of town, and then uh, and then right before we hit the mountain roads, um, that was the worst, Jer. I don't think I, I think I, I lost a kidney. That's how much I was throwing up. It was. I wanted. I we saw a store that sold guns. I told him to pull over, get a gun, and just fucking end it. Throw my body in the <laughs> river because I didn't want to be alive anymore. I couldn't do it. Like it was, um, it was the worst. Uh, I did put a bag of Lay's potato chips to the test though, and uh, I'll give it to the American potato chips. Um, they have like. The bag has some sort of different lining than ours does because I think their chips are greasier or saltier, like more saturated grease or something. So um, they're like not as uh, soluble. So uh, Lay's potato chips can withhold a grown man's puke without spilling out. I I test that. I figured it out. So that's a hot endorsement. I'm going to take this episode. with the. uh, I'm going to take this episode to the Lay's people and see if they want to uh, endorse us. (laughs) Well, I think there's I think there was a few pictures of that too. So I'll see if I can wrangle them up for you. Oh, of I'm a sure, of a sure big of uh, vomit. <laughs> well, of, of me mid puking into this chip bag. Mm. So mm. so hey, do you want to go to Whitefish with me sometime? Uh nope. Uh, I mean, so the big question, of course, is like, how many conversations did you have about Criterion Collection DVDs uh, on this uh, two day uh, trip? Uh, I. I know you think I would say not a one, but I actually had one conversation with uh, with one guy because he asked what the podcast was about, and I told him, yeah. and he seemed semi interested. But uh, then we shifted to wrestling because he's a big wrestler, uh... or he's big into wrestling. And you know what? I broke your I broke your guys' uh, your theory. I found someone who is a fan of wrestling who likes Roman Reigns. Oh my god. Um, in no way am I surprised that you met him on this fucked up <laughs> drinking uh, stag. Well, I actually know him pretty good. Like he's been on a few stags with me. He's a he's <laughs> a friend of my brothers and a friend of my cousins. So uh he's a he's a pretty cool dude. I like him. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he's big in the wrestling and uh, he likes Roman Reigns. Oh. Yeah, he's not like a, a chachi dude or a douchey yeah. dude by name. Yeah. We did have we had one we had one, and I don't want to be mean, but uh, I'll tell you about him later. Let's just say that he lifts, <laughs> and uh, he's got a lot of proof that he lifts. Oh no! <laughs> so, but he again, he was a ve- he was a very nice guy. But uh, I think, um, yeah, you 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 can form your own opinion if you if you know what I mean. Mm. He was a nice guy. So. Gotcha. I I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So it was uh, yet again another great success, mm-hmm. and. Uh, None of us have to go back for many years, I think. Uh, you only need one of these a year or two, and then you you burn it all out of your system. You don't ever want to go back. Man, oh, man. So, there you but, go, uh, folks. There's some hot yeah. tips for you. Banana shirts and Lay's potato chips will hold Lay's you vomit. If you have any other questions about uh, overindulgence in alcohol and um, suicidal hangovers in which you've just totally <laughs> given up the will to live, send me your questions because send them that to, is, um, yeah, you, you can uh, direct tweet uh, RJ on these ones at Barnloaf. Yeah, send, send mm-hmm. them at Barnloaf because I have a lot of life experience on uh, hangovers mm. that just end you. Wow. So, Great. Yeah. And you know what happened the day I got back? Hmm. Or the day after, Andrea was like, because uh, it was a national holiday here. So Andrea said, let's go sit out in the sun. We'll have some fruit punch or something. And I said, yes, that sounds nice. I sat out in the sun and I got heat stroke. 
because I was so dehydrated from the week. <laughs> uh-huh. So I was like, I came in, I was like a noodle. Like, I couldn't even fucking move my legs. So, good life decisions. Yep. But uh, people might be wondering why I'm talking about it. You know, it's because I, uh, because of this, I didn't watch a single movie this week. Well, that's that's so I have almost nothing true. To talk about. That's um, is it? Yeah, we watched we watched one movie uh, oh, before you shit. went. <laughs> yeah, we did. I forgot because no, I was so drunk. Well, you probably have some, maybe even have like some <laughs> brain damage, and maybe you don't remember this movie at all. Oh, there's an entire hemisphere gone. Yeah. Yeah, you might have puked it out. Uh, yeah, we watched that uh, for what we crept on this week. Uh, we watched that 2019 after the fall of New York, mm. a real great classic of Italian exploitation cinema, um, cashing in on that like post-apocalypse, not Mad Max dream of movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, I had picked this movie up because it kind of rounds out a trilogy of these post-apocalyptic movies uh with like another movie called like new gladiators uh and there's like the bronx 1990 the bronx warriors or something like that mm-hmm. uh so this is like kind of like loosely part of that trilogy uh, i had never watched it before brought it over to your place uh, last thursday mm-hmm. where uh i wasn't planning on it but then you tempted me with some st- uh donuts from uh, another bakery yeah, I uh, I had heard whiffins or whiffs of this new bakery in town, and I want to try it out. So I uh, hit that bat, bad boy up, yep. and I said, I, all, "All it took was me sending you a pic of donuts." And I think you're, I or I told you, I said, "I'm at a bakery," and you said, "Fuck off." <laughs> you 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 seem you seemed a little mad about the situation, but you know they were they were decent enough. They're not the they're not the cream of the crop of what no, we've had so far. Yeah, but they're, the, they're pretty, they weren't bad. Yeah, they weren't bad, but they're like I don't know. I thought I found them to be a little on the stale side. But I'm, even I'm, though they were fresh bought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kinda like, oh, these feel taste old already. They're fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're gonna like be a fat piece of shit and like wolf down some donuts, they better be goddamn delicious. That's right. That's right. So next time we'll we'll make the journey. The the hot donuts are about twenty minute drive away, but mm-hmm. fuck, are they worth it? Oh yeah, they're worth it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, 2019, it had midgets. Uh, yeah, it had. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've of these movies I've watched, they're always kind of just like middling kind of affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, the big highlight for it for me was uh, there was like gorilla man mutants that show up. Ooh, yeah. One of them gets his like head completely blown off, like shot right through. It was pretty gruesome, unexpected. Right. Um, one of them date rapes a woman. Yeah, that happens off camera. Uh, there, yeah. Another guy gets disemboweled, so you get some surprise intestines just slipping and sliding out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just kind of a mishmash of like a bunch of different ideas for movies. Um, right. It's like a little mm-hmm. like Children of Men. It's a little... I'm trying to remember all the movies that just... Oh, hey, it's just like this. So Children of Men, Mad Max, yeah. uh, Terminator... <laughs> I, kind yeah. of, yeah. Escape, of the Escape from New York, big time. Escape from New York, yeah. So it's like uh, if you've watched like all like the best of like exploitation movies, uh, you've seen this movie, and you don't have to suffer yeah. through this movie's kind of shortcut taking, yeah. kind of just average. It's like okay, yeah. it's pretty okay, but also kind of mm-hmm. skippable. I wouldn't go out of my way to say, yeah, folks, you really need to watch After the Fall of New York. Yeah. No, only if you're into that kind of thing. Like I actually thought it was decent enough. Yeah. I enjoyed parts of it, but yep. yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not into goofy shit like that, then you shouldn't. There's no reason to watch it. But yeah. it did. Um, there was a high number of uh, rat deaths on screen in this movie, so that's mm. a that's a big uh, bummer. Yeah, those fucking Italians. Those Italians are animals, man. 
this fucking and animals killing animals. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Italian movies, I uh, watched this weekend a 1985 Italian movie called Cut and Run from one Ruggiero mm. Diodato, uh, the director of Ooh. Cannibal Holocaust. Um, this is sort of a spiritual sequel to Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. Um, this is a movie about the drug trade in Miami that like gets traced back to, I guess it's Colombia, but I mean, it's pretty vague. It could, it could just be like the, it's like the Amazon. Um, right. but it's just this movie about this, these ger- intrepid journalists who are tr- trying to track down like the origins of like where these, this, these drugs are coming from um it's because it turns out there's like one particularly violent group that's like moved in it's like just like butchering people left and right the movie opens up with uh michael berryman who you'll remember from the hills have eyes is the big bald googly-eyed scary man uh um, oh, okay yeah, yeah 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 he's like on the cover he's he's like the iconic character of that movie um yeah He's in this is like the leader of a bunch of like savages that just like go around and murder people and rape women by with by holding their legs down with knives through the legs. It's uh, pretty gruesome. Uh, I, that's probably the most noteworthy thing about this movie is like how surprisingly violent it is. Like I kind of went in thinking like, eh, whatever. This is gonna be like an '80s action movie, probably cheap, and hopefully it's got mm-hmm. some like surprises. And it sure did. Um, yeah, it, it's got like a man getting ripped in half. Uh, nice. people just getting chopped a bit again, uh, as mentioned before, Italians like intestines kind of spilling out of people's stomachs. So you get a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so th- these journalists, they go to the Columbia jungles and they run afoul of these drug dealers and there's lots of running around in the woods and trying to mm-hmm. get away from crocodiles and corpses and traps um overall very pretty entertaining i like this movie hmm. um it was i was surprised because sometimes this, these things are very just okay but this one seemed to rise above that but like it's kind of funny because at yeah. times so like a lot of the kind of like cheapo italian movies they're kind of filmed for like uh international markets so they dub over different tracks uh, mm-hmm. but even though they have like American actors, a lot of the time they'll get dubbed over again. Uh, right. so that's how they do it. This movie was like mm-hmm. all kind of English actors doing their stuff, but then there's like scenes where it's in Italian, which are the scenes that like kind of got chopped out when it got distributed in America. So you're having to watch this movie like kind of in, in a mix smash, but there's like scenes that were like cut out that like, I can't even imagine watching this movie without those scenes. Cause usually they're the most gruesome, violent bits, but it's like, mm-hmm. those are like pretty like important to the story like there'd be no reason at all to watch this movie without those scenes um so yeah i had some of the most egregious examples of that that i've seen since like my bloody valentine uh watching that without its footage it's just like i what would be the point what would be the point of watching a movie without those like uh, high spots of gore Mm -hmm. but alas see cut and run was good I'd, I'd tell people to check that out if you're into uh, that. What I talk about sounded interesting. Check it out. Um, I also watched another piece of crap movie called Death Soccer <laughs> Two. Which, what do you mean crap? That sounds awesome. Uh, so Death Soccer Two is directed by one Jim Wynorski. Um, oh, nice. Yes, this is the sequel to a film called Death Stalker. Uh, mm-hmm. It's part of the whole like '80s wave of. Um, sword and sorcery movies that came out post Excalibur and Conan the Barbarian. 
Mm-hmm. Where like studios were just like, hey, we can just film any of these things in Argentina with a bunch of just actors and girls with big boobs, and we'll just let the let the rest of it take care of itself. I mean, shooting caves and in like just like mountain areas, mm-hmm. and then get some like really cheap monster effects, and call it a day. Uh, this movie falls into that line. Uh, this movie is not particularly good. However, I'd say that amongst like a lot of the sword and sorcery stuff I have watched, it kind of like has a charm. Like this one goes for more of a comedy uh, mm-hmm. thing going for it. Like so, there's like prolonged like wrestling scenes in the middle of it where like the lead guy he's like this like sort of like devil may care rogue who uh there's a lot of like winks and jokes to the camera about everything mm-hmm. going on and you can never take this movie too seriously and he's like wrestles right. this like woman from like the uh glow uh, the women of the glorious women of wrestling promotion whatever it was called so he wrestles oh. her for like five minutes yeah. and goofiness uh clones uh, Jim Wynorski, of course, likes to film the female body and tits. Oh, yeah. So there's definitely that in this movie. Um, so I don't Any know. good ones? Eh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, some... Any long butts? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. So, I mean, if you like uh, attractive people enjoying what they're doing and uh, having fun making a kind of a dumb movie and they, everyone's in on it, it's not mm-hmm. bad. I would say, I don't know, uh, it's no chopping mall. But it's like harmless. There's like there's some sword and sorcery stuff that I've watched. It's just like painful. Particularly yep. Red Sonia. Uh, that movie yeah. is just the worst. Um, I can't mm-hmm. I can't believe Arnold Schwarzenegger is in that movie, but he is. I've heard you go off on that a few times, so yeah. you must have a real problem oh, yeah, with that, that fucking that, thing. That movie really sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, is I, it can't. just because Bridget Nielsen's in it? No. She's she's been in other things and she's fine. That movie though, mm-hmm. boy. Would it have been better if Flava Flav was uh, Red Sonia? Um, no, hard I, to say. I, I, hard to say. I had to Time remember. Will I, tell. I had to remember the connection. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Oh, right, they're in love. They're they're in love, man. Get with it. Yeah, that's not the first are thing that comes to mind when I think of Bridget Nielsen. I think <laughs> of uh, Rocky for. Yeah, you're not up to date on your 2004 reality shows. Yeah, I, I, this is nerd. very true. <laughs> you nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Anything else in there? You're you're uh, doing some heavy lifting this week, so. Oh yeah, heavy lifting, watching the movies. No, I actually I did watch some more stuff. I'm just trying to think of what I would share. Anything worth talking about? Uh, I rewatched City of the Living Dead, which I talked about Ooh. on the very first episode of the Criterion yes. Creeps podcast. I just yes, had yes. this. Uh, I guess maybe actually watching all this Italian stuff it gave me an aching to watch some some Fulci, watch some uh, mm-hmm. Italian stuff. Uh, I seem to like these movies the more. I watch them right um this is maybe a pretentious stupid thing to say but i feel like watching this movie i kept thinking like this movie really feels like a dream because it's like I'm, oh. I, i've seen i've seen the movie like now three times and like each mm-hmm. time i watch it i don't really remember it but it seems familiar and then i'm mm-hmm. like fuck oh god i forgot the journalist dies that way like i completely don't remember this at all and then it's like i remember it as i watch it but then when it's over it kind of fades away um, yeah. Cause the movie, I think I've, as I probably talked about before, it really like, it's not a well-made movie cause scenes don't work at all together. Like a normal movie, yeah. do. but there's these really good moments that are in it. Like, it's just like a highlight mm-hmm. of like, Whoa, what the hell is that? And then it's like a bunch of like nonsense in between. And then it gets to another big moment. You're like, Whoa, it's very jarring, strange, but it works cause it's a kind of like a trashy horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. if this movie weren't those things, I don't know. It would be tough. Uh, to... hey, hey Jared. Yeah. You're stupid and pretentious. 
Thank you. Um, no, uh, no, that movie <laughs> rules, and it's got the best puke scene ever. Oh man! That, oh fuck! It gets to That's me every... what I looked like. Oh, like that's what I looked like on the weekend. <laughs> blood coming out of your eyes. Yeah, I think I lo- lost half my lower intestine. Oh, so outstanding. They yeah. do. Uh, you know, you you do a good job bringing this all back together. <laughs> It all just comes right back to you. Uh, God, I could keep talking about other stuff I watched. You want to hear about movies? Well, uh, you talk. So I also watched one more. One more. more. Well, I've got one big one I want to talk about. Okay, do that one. Okay, do that one. Okay. Well, the big thing I wanted to talk about was, hey, RJ, did you Mm -hmm. check out that Twin Peaks? No, no. I've been uh, such a hungover piece of shit. I haven't been able to watch a single thing. Oh, my God. Are you planning on watching uh, Twin Peaks? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, I'll watch it this week. I just didn't want to watch it when I could barely fucking move because uh, I I know you might say that's a perfect time, but I wouldn't have had the attention for it. Okay. Next week, next week. So lay into it, baby. Okay. So uh, as discussed last week as we just talked about uh, Roseanne, the revival mm-hmm. of Roseanne and I kind of had my spiel of like, I really, I have no connection to that material. I don't care. Um, it's like not my thing. Uh, and then I was like, well, I also have like a lot of mm-hmm. like, uh, caution when I go into anything that I'm like, well, I'm invested in this cause I've been burned a lot. There's been a lot of series that have been revived, like in a rest mm-hmm. development, for instance, that kind of like fell short. Yeah. And I applied that also to twin peaks where I was like, man, I don't know what people are getting so excited for. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't made anything in like over 10 years. That's like mm-hmm. of substance. And even the last thing he made, I didn't like much at all. That was in the nope. empire. Um, so I was like, Oh man, this could be really sad. Uh, so uh, Monday morning, I'm like, well, I got to watch this Twin Peaks because it's going to get spoiled for me somehow because people mm-hmm. on social media have decided that Twin Peaks is like the new big like social media event that everyone has to participate in. And boy, RJ, it's pissing me off. Uh, I'll ha- I have something to say about that too. So, okay. So, uh, I, yeah. Okay. So the thing that's pissing me off about Twin Peaks right now, uh, the whole like – uh, new people coming to it and talking about it is this these reviews of people saying it's so fucking weird it's so fucked up it's so weird mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on I love it and mm-hmm. this is kind of the way that like any creator is talked about that's considered weird be it a David Lynch or like Grant Morrison is one of those guys right. that gets fallen to that and people just go on oh man it's so fucked up it's so weird you know it's, oh man mm-hmm. I, got, I should be on drugs while I watch this that's what people always say um, it yeah. always just makes me roll my eyes because I'm like nah, you don't need you shouldn't need any of those things like those aren't connected at mm-hmm. all um so I've seen a lot of that talking about these like first few episodes of Twin Peaks. I have at this point I've only watched the first two episodes, which was like one big episode, right. um, and I've got three and four lined up because I guess Showtime put them out early online yep. for people to watch them, but yep. they're not airing those ones till next week. I don't know. I I have no idea how they're broadcasting these. I think they're going to do another. Maybe someone said they're going to do two more episodes like back to back. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if that's real or not. But anyway. So I've only watched the first one because at the time I thought it was like the case of like Game of Thrones from back when, when yep. they like oh, like six episodes all got leaked right when the first one came out and everyone watched six weeks of shows in one, mm-hmm. two days and then they had nothing to watch for a month, uh, mm-hmm. which I think I'm like, I just, I can, I'm patient. Um, so yep. I popped in these Twin Peaks and yes. I started, I was watching it and then like it end, it ends and I was like, wait, and I'm like, holy fuck, that was two hours long. Like I had no idea 
that it was two episodes. I didn't know it nice. was like a two hour movie. I didn't mm-hmm. realize this at all. And it just like, it blew by. I was, cause I kept thinking like, oh, this episode is going kind of long. <laughs> like I kept mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, it's like, it's gotta be an hour by now. Cause it just kept going. And I was like, oh, this is like, great. Oh, and mm-hmm. yeah, I can say it this with, at this point, two episodes in, yeah. it is a return to form for old Dave. Nice. Uh, I'm liking it a lot. It is like, it's him revisiting all his themes and ideas that he's done and like all his other stuff, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, there's enough kind of like, I don't know, he's getting a lot of stuff that people are going to like want to see off the bat right out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, cause I, I think of like other shows, like the way that like JJ Abrams would do this. If he were doing mm-hmm. the show, it oh, it would just be so unbearable because he'd be like, well, I'm not going to show you the Red Lodge or Black Lodge until like the ninth episode and just going to get people speculating about it and like, you know, get people mm-hmm. into it. It's like, no, David Lynch just fucking gets it out of the way. He spends almost, yep. I'd say he spends almost too much time there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's like right there. Like everything that you kind of want to know, like what's going on in the world, it's all like answered in the first like, bit like fucking right so it's like i thought that was really good uh refreshing mm-hmm. compared to how a lot of filmmakers and television makers would do shows now where they tease things out like breaking mm. bad would do that but i mean breaking bad was just building on its own history so it was fine it wasn't like a sequel series to itself so like they'd be, you'd get payoffs and teases at the beginning no twin peaks just like front loads that and they but they while also setting up mysteries going forward like right. re- a good balancing act, giving fans what they want immediately, uh, telling mm-hmm. the story, getting people up to speed because, hey, guess what? This show hasn't been on the air for 27 years. Um, <laughs> so like, I think it was like cool. Like I was watching it. Like I haven't rewatched the show in a while. It pretty well like assumes that you've at some point watched it and just says like, oh, yep. hey, remember this, 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 this is what you need to know. Nice. Um, then of course. It sounds like they hit all the right notes, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty on the, I'm pretty excited about what's coming up next. I I'm, yep. I might wind up watching those next few episodes uh, here pretty soon, because mm-hmm. um, everyone else seems to be watching it. And like I don't know, it's fun to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I thought it totally delivered. I'm like really surprised and happy. It reminded me how much I love David Lynch. Um, <laughs> I realized it's been like at least six years since I watched like kind of the big David Lynch movies. Like I haven't mm-hmm. watched and Drive, Eraserhead, Blue Velvet, Firewalk With Me for quite a while. Like at least six years since I've been keeping track of stuff on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, like the last three of his movies I'd watched were like, uh, was like Dune and Wild at Heart, which are all like considered his weakest movies. Um, yeah. Well, if, unless you're including the fucking worst movie ever, Inland Empire. Well, I, I saw that, that five-hour fart. Well, I saw that in like 2007 or 2006. Oh, whenever, okay. whenever it came on DVD, it's, it was that's like ten years well, ago. I, I, I just I, mean, do do people not consider that his weakest movie? No, it depends on who you ask. I mean, there's like uh, I don't know. I I would like to rewatch Inland Empire, but like mm-hmm. I just remember like watching it at the time. I was so disappointed because it just seemed like him doing. Mulholland Drive again, but it's like mm-hmm. longer. It's not as good looking. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just super disappointing and like, and also really long, dull. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just, mm-hmm. maybe watching it again, I'll have a different view on it, but I don't know. Uh, but like I, I said, but, but all the iconic movies I haven't watched in years, so I really need to okay. do that because um, 
he is the best. And like I, I watching it, I was like reminded. I'm like, oh yeah, there's like this like whole period of time where like there was people making David Lynch knockoff everything. Like everybody was trying to make a Twin Peaks like TV show, like where Twin Peaks was like a default way of describing things for like mm-hmm. for 15, 20 years. Like anytime a quirky offbeat show shot in the mountains came out, it's like it's like Twin Peaks. It's like Twin Peaks. There was like it's, that. They what, still do that now. Because that course RG they do. show Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah. That's described as Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. That was like, and it's funny because um, Shelly is, is it, she's Archie's mom or something in, sure. or I can't remember. So no, I think Molly Ringwald is. Okay, who? I heard well, that. She, she, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so Shelly is somebody's mom yeah. in Archie. I don't know. She's probably mm. fucking Jughead in that show. The way I've heard, from what I've heard of how they handle stuff. But anyways, yeah. we're not talking about Archie. Okay. We're, we're talking talk- about Twin Peaks, we're talk- baby. And, and we're not, and talking about David Lynch. I love David yeah. Lynch. He's he's great. Um, mm. uh, he he inspires people. Um, unfortunately, they make kind of not so good at things. Being inspired by what they think his make his movies his stories interesting. But like I don't know, mm-hmm. he goes back time and time again to themes that interest him and like the people visually that like interest him and just to tell a story uh there's like there's nothing like terribly new going on in this show it's like mm-hmm. everything he he's interested in again which is good though it feels different and it's in the universe that i think people are really invested in um mm-hmm. so i mean yeah so far so good uh there's one thing thing that I wasn't like I didn't think of until so I watched uh one of the other things I watched the last couple of days was I watched the it's like the missing pieces which mm-hmm. is a hour and a half compilation of deleted scenes from Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me that's on the mm-hmm. um the in, in the blu-ray set for the television show that has the movie and it has this feature which I never watched before um and all it is is it's just deleted scenes kind of all edited together to make a movie um it's not sure. a, it's not like a good movie it's just watching deleted scenes but it's like kind of cool to see more footage from that world and you get to see these characters you didn't get to see in firewalk with me but i mean all those scenes basically show that firewalk with me is like so fucking good um it's like so well edited and put together the, the idea of just making a story about laura palmer for the second half and like not trying to like check mark stuff with all the uh twin peaks characters and whatnot they didn't need to do any of that it's like mm-hmm. it's still such a fantastic uh, horror movie on its own, uh, and then I was like, "Oh fuck!" It's Michael Anderson, uh, everyone's favorite uh, dancing dwarf from the uh, the Red Room, and oh. and I was like, yeah. and so I was like, "Well, fuck! Why isn't he in the show again?" And then I remembered there was like a weird falling out that he had with David Lynch very publicly <laughs> online, um, and so I had to look this up again. And I'm yeah. like, oh, right. That time that he posted this like passive aggressive weird post about like David Lynch di- didn't uh, threaten to have his daughter killed and hasn't banned her or blackmailed her from talking about him. And he didn't have his best friend murdered. And he didn't it's like this, like this weird post that like yeah. so fucked up. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's why he's not in the show. And I'm like, oh, you fucking stupid bastard. And apparently it had a lot to do with like him just wanting more money than Showtime was willing to pay him to come back because everyone oh, else kind of supposedly that's what it came down to and then he suddenly like took it into this like public realm of like showing like David Lynch is not who you think he is he's ashamed of his daughter and blackmailed her and blah 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 and he had Jack Nance killed <laughs> it's just like shut up oh it's so it's, it's so it pisses oh, it just frustrates because they had to work around it 
And I didn't even realize that they had worked around it when I was watching it. And then I'm like, I realized like this morning putting it together. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's that's what they did. That's crazy. Uh, I won't get into details about that. We'll talk Is about it. Is it Vern Troyer? No. You'll see. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it's cool. It's like, I'm like, it's too bad. But they, they're they just, they, prog- they proceeded. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like kind of a marvel of revival that someone can do it right. But I mean, leave it to David Lynch, a guy who knows what he's doing, who knows how to like light scenes, even when it's just television. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I think I was like way back when, when they first kind of announced this was happening, I was like, oh my God, he's going to direct every episode. It's like a, it's like a 16 hour David Lynch movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's pretty extraordinary. And this could be it. This is probably, this might be the end of his like filmmaking career is this big project. Um, mm-hmm. So well, he's old man. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he said, I know and he, he, and he said no more, he's never going to direct another movie and cause yeah. no, no one's going to give him money to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, yeah, it's depressing. Cause like, I think of like that whole era, there was like in the mid two thousands, like there's like kind of these directors, like your Terry's Wygoffs, your John Waters, your David Lynch's, they like just suddenly like stopped making movies and they haven't really made much after that. And a lot of them blame the fact that there's no money being thrown at them yeah. to make stuff that, that the way they need to make them, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Cause there's still people making movies. Um, but I mean, I've also seen, uh, like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas complain that there's like no money to make movies anymore. Oh, come on. If but, they don't get money, that's bullshit. well, it's like, I mean, Spielberg continues making movies, but like he makes movies that like people don't want to see either. Like remember, uh, God, what was it? The uh, BFG. Yeah. BFG. And like, even like, Hey, remember Tintin? <laughs> Remember when that was going to be like yeah. a friend? That was going to be a big franchise, and then they made one, and that was it. And it, like Peter Jackson, I think was supposed to make the second one. Yep, and that was yeah. It. And but then I think your buddy uh, Guillermo G- was GDT? supposed to make the third. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we got dodged a bullet on that one. But uh, well, that's all really cool. I'm glad to hear that this was a uh, um, not a pile of disappointment like everything else in the world yeah. now. So uh, I'm I'm pretty jacked. Yeah. Uh, your seal of approval, I think. Uh, means it's the real deal so yeah um, i'm excited yeah no it's uh it's got some good stuff in there um it's it's unmistakably david lynch uh and i, I guess we got to throw out mark frost who i mean he was his collaborator on the, the whole time and i suspect that that guy has been like thinking about this for 27 years and mm-hmm. he like because he wrote a book like he, he like yeah he wrote a book on this like this guy's probably been super involved and like figured out everything so now we're getting to see well, things yeah and it's so it's like the the, the 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 great synergy of like uh the one throwaway line laura palmer has like saying 25 years we'll meet again and it's yeah. like oh well 27 years that's close enough it's close enough and like it would have been 25 if uh they didn't have that uh, little dispute two years ago or whatever it was supposed to be yeah i mean maybe it was because of that dude who had the fucking uh the blow up and then that kind of threw a fucking banana in the wheels well i think it it was like kind of like showtime didn't want to put the money out to do it the way that david lynch wanted to and then like he he brought it to the public he he used he used the the public discourse to uh the twitter to to out yeah he used social media and like people Mm -hmm. online and they turned around on it which like it always felt like that it felt like almost a publicity stunt to do it but then I saw like the ratings came in and like they did they did like whatever half a million 
which is like pretty underwhelming. People are like, oh, well, you know, I mean, the first episode when it aired in 1990, it did 34 million. And I'm like, yelp. But this is also like a show coming out 27 years later. Um, yeah. I don't know how many people are like super invested in Twin Peaks still other than like people online who love to say, I love Twin Peaks. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it, but I love it. Um, uh, who are like, those people watch everything. Um, and mm-hmm. also, yeah, I, I was so worried that I don't know. People are going to turn on the show because it's like because they forgot. Oh yeah, this show is kind of weird. And t- it has like stuff yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Like characters don't add up. And it's like no, that's like that's Twin Peaks, folks. I saw yeah. some gut. Somebody made like a like three hundred minute cut of Twin Peaks where they cut out all the stupid stuff and it's just like the Laura Palmer mis- Laura Palmer mystery stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Come on, like that's just that's that's yeah. not what the point of the show no. ever was, yeah. though, right? Right. The point of the show was the other characters, like yeah, because isn't that what happened in season two? Why David, David, it dumped yeah, is because they, they got strong armed into like uh, solving the mystery. Right. Like yeah, he, he never wanted to do that. Right. Yeah, he never wanted to resolve the mystery. It was just going to be yeah. like it would just continue on and on and on and on. He wanted to do it that way. Um. So I mean, hey, folks, keep that in mind. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's the sort of guy he is. He likes to create mysteries. He likes to create setup. Gets, gets the people's minds going, gets them reeling, and uh, then he just, like, lets things kind of go. But, I mean, even, like, in his movies, like, he's resolved this stuff. Like, generally speaking, yeah. like, when people talk about Mulholland Drive being so unsolvable and weird, I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's everything's there. I remember when the DVD came out, there's, like, a little card that, like, explicitly clues. lays out clues. And you read that, and then you watch the movie, and with those in mind, I think it's like, oh, this is, like... The, the, you'll get the saddest masturbation scene of all time in this movie. Uh, I'll say this about Mulholland Drive and just David Lynch in general. Like, I don't have a hard time following his movies, yep. but particularly scenes and images, I don't. I don't always understand. Like, I don't always understand like what certain stuff means. Right. But I mean, he doesn't either. That right. book you lent me on his interviews with him, Lynch on Lynch. Yeah. Like they asked him that. They're like, "What does this scene mean?" And like. I'm misquoting, but he was basically like, it doesn't mean anything. Right. He's like, sometimes I think stuff looks cool, so I throw it in there. Yep. He's like, it doesn't have to mean anything. And I feel like that's like just how he approaches everything he does. It's like, does there doesn't always have to be an answer to this stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just, you have an image for something and you really like it and you're going to put it in there. Well, Maybe it'll amount to something later, but if it doesn't, then whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's him. I mean, he's pretty honest about it. He refers to things yeah. as accidents and they just work out. And yeah. it's not like, yeah, there's like kind of a mix of intent and then there's a mix of like, oh, let's just see what happens. He's a, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, his background, he's a visual artist, he was a painter. And it's like, he doesn't, he just makes images and he's like, yeah, I filmed it and I put it in the movie. Isn't that great? And it is like, yeah, that's kind of the appeal of his stuff. Um, yeah. He just works in a way that most people don't, aren't able to. We got to get you. Got to get on his level. That's right. All right, you got to catch that Friend. big fish, just like his book about transcendental meditation says. Mm, that and the the quinoa. Yeah, quinoa. So he's pretty old, but he eats a ton of quinoa. He might last a while. Yep. Well, he does. So uh, much he, he's a fucking chain smoker. He hasn't given that up. I don't think. Mm, well, the quinoa will even that out. So he's like a regular dude, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the the Twin Peaks talk this week. Nice. Uh, hey, RJ, you got any news for us? I got nothing. Uh, I only have a little bit of news, and it's a cup. It's two days old already, but I think it's the only movie news this week. Okay, is that uh, 
fucking horrible sadness that is Zack Snyder's life. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we should even talk about it. I brought it up, I guess. Now we have to. But that's the only movie news I have. Yeah. Is that Zack Snyder had to walk away from uh, Justice League and DC Films um, because his daughter committed suicide. And that really sucks. Yeah. And I don't blame him. And I don't think anyone blames him. But you know what the shittiest thing about that whole situation is? Mm. It happened two months ago. Yep. And they didn't want to come public with it because they just wanted like personal privacy, you know, yep. because who fucking wouldn't? Yep. But he, he had to make a statement because because his leaving the movie, he was like, well, people will create like uh, narratives about yes. like what happens and stuff like that. And I feel like that's so shitty, man. Like mm -hmm. we've talked about BVS like all, oh, I talk about it all the fucking time. I don't think that movie deserves half of the fucking hate that it gets. And I feel like this is the kind of like atmosphere and culture it created. Like this fucking poor man who is like dealing with this horrible loss has to like make this statement just to fucking quelch like rumors. <laughs> like internet, come on. internet fucking faces. <laughs> faces. That's so shitty. And like I, I – like, I remember I read that part and I was like, I never doubted it. I was like, man, that really fucking sucks. And then uh, I saw one time on or a comment on Reddit or something. I was like, I wonder, like, if people are doing it. And then, you know, there's always one guy is like, well, she probably yep. watched Batman v Superman. Oh, fuck. It's like. Uh, of course. Always. So it's always. Like, cause it's because of people like fucking that. I can't. That they have to do it. And it's not even it's not even fucking Internet trolls either. Like not to bring strike a sad chord, but that fucking horrible uh massacre in manchester the other day there's that fucking dude that piece of shit like journalist oh. and uh, after it happened he was like he's like yeah last time i listened to ariana grande i wanted to fucking kill myself too and then like i think he got it blew up like i'm pretty sure that dude got tapped in because like everybody no was like what are you fucking stupid uh -huh. and like he put out a tweet like 10 minutes or like an hour later he was like i didn't realize that it was there was like something going on. I just tweet about whatever's trending. Oh. And, it, and it was just like, no, nah, you knew what was going on. You fucking piece of shit loser. Yeah. So anyways, not to be the sad cast, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was so the only movie news. And it was big news because he's leaving and, uh, fucking Joss Whedon is going to come in, um, just to do reshoots. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. He's just doing reshoots, but I, because he's doing it, like it's going to be a thing. So they have to talk about it. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, people, people on the internet. Um, I'm sure that when the internet was concocted and people dreamt about like, well, these are the great things. Like people are just going to become better and smarter, better people. And yep. I don't know if that's uh, necessarily happened on the scale that people hope for. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about this one, RJ, but uh, someone from our very own town uh, was uh, yeah. charged with uttering threats against the prime minister's wife in the last few days. Mm -hmm. um, the threats and like, yep, mm -hmm. you can't just do that. You just can't go online and just, say these things um yep. there was this other uh uh individual um uh, this trans female cartoonist that like i just was like on her twitter page uh skimming through and she made some comment about like that like something about like woody allen getting some sort of a war blah 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 mm -hmm. and she said oh can we just murder him <laughs> because apparently that's cool. That's like getting mm -hmm. the, the moral high ground about like a man who uh, has not been charged with any crime, has only been accused without any evidence other than someone saying it, that mm -hmm. he's done things. But now that's okay that you can call for his murder. Um, and that's okay. But you're, but you're, you're somehow a better person for that. And you're saying it online 
for everyone in the yeah. world to see. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that seems like that's okay now. Well, rumors are nine tenths of the law, Jer. Did you not know that? Oh, I, I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, the internet. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, saying you're saying it digitally right now via the yeah. internet, so it must be true. Well, the internet's written in ink, right? Yeah. Got any other hot quotes? <laughs> no. Yeah. That the uh, that all sucks, and this no. world sucks. No. Yeah. So. At, well, actually, so to switch gears a little bit, but uh-huh. in the same wheelhouse, that all sucks. Let's move on. Uh, just a follow up. Uh, I saw today that uh, in also DC comic movie news, <laughs> that Justice League Dark movie lost uh, director Doug Liman. So that sucks. Wow. I think I think it's be they they're citing scheduling conflict mm. because they did just approve that Edge of Tomorrow two. Uh, oh. Or like the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow Two, so I think he's doing live, that. Li- but... Of Live Die Repeat, aka and... No, but did you, kill. did you hear what this new one is called? No. So you you always talked about how it was rebranded as Live Die Repeat, yep. Edge of Tomorrow. This new one, Jared. No, hold on to your butts. Grab <laughs> onto something. This new one is going to be called Live Die Repeat, and Repeat. Wow, so they really have just gone and completely changed the name. That wasn't just like something where I have to like convince people. Like, yeah, they just like oh, put that on the cover of they stuff. They changed it, and it, and so this one's gonna be live, die, repeat, and repeat. Whoa! So uh, that's it. But I, I heard that uh, front runner to take the helms is uh, our buddy Andy Muschietti of uh, Stephen King's It fame. Oh man! So we'll we'll see if this movie ever fucking gets made. All these fucking look okay. at all these directors, all these these assholes. Mm-hmm. Fuck, like. Get, get, like, make something you want to make. Just ugh, quit making this shit. Yep. Fuck. Quit making like, this shit. Well, I fuck. think that's why he left. Did you know? He, hey, he hey. Wants to make RJ, repeat, repeat. Hey, this, this is something I found out. Did you know what? that, like, for the last like month or two, there's been a like prison break series going on, like a, another series season. Yeah, of prison I knew that. Break? I heard that. I fucking didn't know this. Um, and I'm like, what? What the fuck? I, didn't, I, didn't, like, I the, like Prison Break. I liked Prison Break for like yeah. two seasons back in the day, and then mm-hmm. it kept going, and it we got all did. You know, it got worse. Um, and then I just stopped thinking about it because it was over and it was done, and yep. who cares a shit? But no, they bring back goddamn Prison Break because apparently they thought that was a good idea. I've heard no one talk about this. Um, Everything needs a revival, man. And it's just like fuck off. Like okay, I mean, here I am praising Twin Peaks, but I mean, like it's the same guy. It's like it's David Lynch, and he's doing his thing, and he's so good at it. He makes it look so good, and I'm like, he does it so much better than everybody, and mm-hmm. oh, it makes me sad. It also that, like, wasn't a show fucking, that like oh, I'm gonna make ended. I'm gonna make my Stephen King novel. Oh, I'm not gonna work yeah. on a sequel to this. And it's just because we have to make shit. Oh fuck! More more news. Fucking hey. uh, dark universe. That oh. that 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 garbage show. God mm-hmm. damn it! That like logo they made. Like they put like they paid some fucking loser like tens of thousands of dollars to make that goddamn graphic. Yep. And it's so it sucks. It sucks. Then there's a you photo know, of all the yeah. usual fucks. All these fucking loser actors that are worth like getting paid way more than they're actually worth. Like. Uh, God, I don't know. Tom damn, Cruise is worth it. it. Are they trying to get like unlikable actors just to play these people? Like, okay, just, okay, like, wait, hold just, up. Okay, people don't like. I, Tom, okay, so people don't like Tom Cruise. People, yeah, real, he, people yeah. don't like Johnny Depp. Like, I don't know. Like, they yeah. they're like hiding him in movies now. Like, they know mm-hmm. that people are kind of like, oh, he's getting weird, and he is getting weird. He's really, really gr- creepy looking. Um, mm-hmm. And then like Russell Crowe, I'm like, do people actually go see Russell Crowe movies anymore? I feel like mm-hmm. he's kind of turned people off all in the same way. So they're all these like angry caustic human beings that are playing the mm. universal horror movies and i'm like oh is this what hollywood yeah. and then oh 
God damn. Well, I'm, I'm going to put it down like this, baby. I like Tom Cruise. And I think everyone who like doesn't like him because of his personal life I, can fuck off. No, we, because we, we, that's dumb. No, so but okay. But anyway, but you know that people don't like Tom Cruise, right? Like yeah, that's like yeah, that's no, pretty know, popular. Yeah, but he still he he his movies do make money though. Is okay. Is, so he's bankable. It, let's put it, let's just say that he's bankable. Tom Cruise is bankable. Um, Russell Crowe. He, no, he does. He's not pulling down fucking gladiator money anymore. But I'm glad to see him <laughs> in stuff. Like he should, he doesn't make like total shit either. I don't think. Is he the but he, but he, but is he not the poor man's Mel Gibson? Oh fuck fuck yeah 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 he always has been. Can but you imagine? I mean, they could have got Mel. He, he should he should have been heck, Jekyll and Hyde. God damn. They could have got him. And then when he was uh, Hyde, he could have been talking about the Jews and like how they t- took over the world. It would have been fucking great. Um. Because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But no, I yeah, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. I'm, I'm glad to see him. Uh, Javier Bardem, he's a pretty fucking big actor. I mean, like, he's bankable. He's in that new Pirates movie. He was in that fucking uh, Bond movie. That's I, I guess he's a bad guy now forever mm-hmm. because of no country. But uh, yeah, I agree. Johnny Depp is a horrible decision. Yeah. he's At least they made him the invisible man so they don't have to fucking put him on screen. Yeah. He's a he's a distraction, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, that news happened, and I was just like, Ugh. like everything about it. And there's like some weird trailer that's like a mashup of like the original Universal movies with like the Christopher Nolan Bwamp sound. Um, Neat. I'll check that out later. Yeah, it's like so it's it's such a missed thing because it's like you can't use that yep. like new audio score over like 1930s Universal black and white footage. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Way she goes, man. It's the way she goes. Anyway, yep. there's my rant out of the way, and I thought I had nothing to talk about, but here I uh, am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> so uh, we got some movies to talk about, I guess. I guess. Let's um, do it. All right, folks. Uh, after the break, uh, we're going to be talking about that Kurosawa for the third and fourth time on the Woo! Criterion Creeps podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
地獄の入り口で顔を合わせたこの二人。このザマだ。だから言わねえこっちゃねえ。六人ぐらいじゃ手不足だ。とても上手く料理されてたなあんないい腕を持ったやつはこの近くにはおめえしかいねえそれでもしかするとあの六人叩っ殺したのはおめえじゃねえかと思ってね刀かピストルか宿命の対決And we're back. First up, we're talking about Yojimbo from 1961, directed by that fella, Akira Kurosawa. From the letterbox synopsis, first class samurai action tale with philosophy to boot. (laughs) The incomparable Toshiro Mifune stars in Akira Kurosawa's visually stunning and darkly comic Yojimbo. To rid a terror-stricken village of corruption, wily, masterless samurai Sanjuro turns a range war between two evil clans to his own advantage. Remade twice by Sergio Leone and Walter Hill, this exhilarating genre twister remains one of the most influential and entertaining films of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yojimbo is a movie that I first watched way back when I was just kind of getting into movie watching and the Criterion, renting this on VHS from the library. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was actually, it was either this or Sanjuro that I vividly remember trying to watch subtitles that were like burnt in on top of the movie and you could not read them because they didn't put a drop shadow underneath the text. So it would just be like, if it was white on white, you had no idea what was being said. Um, so that was like the only way to watch Yojimbo for a very long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. the copies of Yojimbo and Sanjuro that I own are hand-me-downs from my friend Corey who bought the... Uh, Blu-ray two-pack of these uh, whenever they came out. So I had the old DVDs, the old, dusty old non-anamorphic uh, widescreen presentation of both these movies. Yeah. Um, and I think even the Yojimbo that I watched was like kind of the American, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about this, it's like the American kind of opening credits because like all the Open, all the names are in English, um, and it seems very American. It wasn't like kind of Japanese characters mm-hmm. with like subtitles. Um, so it's it had been a while since I watched it. Um, I have these like weird things. I don't know about these Kurosawa samurai movies. Um, oh, I, I thought you liked these. I don't know. I feel the same way about Yojimbo as I do Seven Samurai. 
where oh dear i i don't know there's some samurai movies that i just like i just don't <laughs> care that much about anything that's going on are uh, there any samurai movies you do yes like? there is sort of doom i don't know people, man people should watch sort of doom and harakiri those two movies are like the best those movies are so mm-hmm. goddamn good um okay so Yojimbo is like awesome looking. It looks so good. Like the opening mm-hmm. shot of just like uh, Mifune just scratching himself. The uh, that music, mm-hmm. this sort of like uh, it's like pre uh, uh, Morricone um, because Morricone did, wasn't making his Western music yet because uh, yeah. th- that remake of this movie hadn't existed. Um, so like that's like really good and like very like American. Like it doesn't seem like a Japanese movie at all even though mm-hmm. it clearly is with all Japanese actors in ancient medieval Japan. Um, and anyway, so you get these like beautiful shots of the back of a guy's head and widescreen. And I was like, yes, this is really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, uh, our man with no name, he arrives in town and people are all like hiding indoors, afraid to go outside. And you get a dog running around with a, a man's hand in his mouth, uh, mm-hmm. which has been replicated in, David Lynch movies like Wall That Hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's probably the first time I'd ever heard of Ujimbo is people say, yeah, it's the Ujimbo scene, man. Dog with a hand in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people said back in the 90s. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, again, I like how Kurosawa always lays everything out in his movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like in Seven Samurai, you know which side everybody's on. You know, like who, who's who, what the relationships are. It's all put out there for like a character who's hearing it for the first time, but also it's important for the audience to know what the hell's going on. Otherwise, it would all be very, very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a guy's arm gets lopped right the fuck off, which yep. is always like a pleasant surprise to see like such uh, gory violence, uh, even mm-hmm. in like 1961 Japan. Mm-hmm. And then at this point, I don't know. I just kind of like, I kind of just dropped off kind of really knowing where this movie was going. I've seen uh, Fistful of Dollars many times. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I watched Fistful of Dollars, I also kind of felt it kind of like not super interesting compared to a lot of other Westerns that I was watching. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the story that um, it comes down to, I don't know why the Mifune character is bothering Okay. Okay. So that's yeah. kind of like where I'm at. Like where I'm like, why is he doing this? Like, oh, he, he, you get the sense that it's for money. You, you don't have to answer this. You don't have to answer this. I'm just kind of throwing yeah. these things out there. Like, I just don't get his motivations at all. Other than like, there's no movie without this guy doing the stuff. And he's playing the two mm-hmm. sides against one another. And it's kind of illogical why characters would then like accept him at another point. Other than that's sure. kind of what goes along with it. So I've always like had this like disconnect with that g- general story. Um, so, I mean, like, beyond, like, the really great cinematography uh, and, like, look of the movies and the, of these Kurosawa movies, there's just something missing mm-hmm. for me. Like, I mean, we talked about High and Low. High and Low mm-hmm. is, like, so good. Um, so, I know he can make movies I really like. Uh, he made that Akiru. Uh, he's made, like, even, like, I'm pretty sure I like Throne of Blood a lot, which we'll get mm-hmm. to uh, episodes from now. But, yeah, I don't know. This movie, I, it's fine. It's good. It's not a bad right. movie. But I just, I, there's something in it about it that just like the story just kind of, I don't find as interesting as a lot of other things. Sure. But I'll throw it back to you, RJ. What did you think of it? Now, is this the first time you've seen Yojimbo? Yes, this was the first time I'd seen both of these movies. Okay. 
I'm going to lead off by trying to answer your question about the motivation for the character. Because yeah. I, I thought I had an answer for that, for both of these movies. Yeah. It seemed like he was a ronin, a, a fallen samurai. And the vibe I got in Yojimbo was that he was pitting the, the two crime gangs against each other just to get rid of the crime because like he meets that old guy and he's like, yeah, there's a bad town. Like we got, we got bad, bad guys over here. We got bad guys over there. And then he's just like, Hmm, you got a lot of bad dudes that people that shouldn't be here. It'd be good if someone got rid of all of them. So even though he was like a drifter and like not really a samurai anymore, I Mm -hmm. felt like he, he was like still trying to uphold some kind of honor, like pact or something like trying to do good. I felt like that was the only reason for it. Like for almost both of these movies, he, he just kind of stumbled on a situation. And he's right. like, there's something bad. I'll try to help out. Yeah. And I, I figured that was it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the, um, so, I mean, the Ujimbo story, I, I, maybe I'm wrong with this, but it's very much like, uh, there's the Dashiell Hammett, um, uh, Usagi Ujimbo. Yes. Uh, no, uh, Red Harvest. So, I mean, that's yeah. like essentially the story. It's the story of Red Harvest. It's like a guy kind of rolls into town and he plays two sides against one another mm-hmm. um, for profit. That, like, that's is that a like, movie or a book? It's a book that okay. got that then got uh, made into a movie by Walter Eugene Hill Wolf. called Last Man Standing, starring one Bruce Tim Willis. Allen. Oh, it's not the Tim, Tim Allen one? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that a TV show? That Doesn't got, matter. That got canceled. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so continue anyways, no, that's about it. So like, it's the same. So it's that story. It's a very Western idea applied. Yeah. Again, it's like, it's what, uh, Ola Kurosawa does. He's this, like, he was a Japanese man who's very interested in like Western storytelling. Mm-hmm. He, and, uh, he threw it back through the Japanese blender. And then the movies became so popular and influential that, um, Western audiences and filmmakers started making movies that were like those movies. Um, right. It's it's kind of like uh, what happened with like uh, Osama Tezuka, the famed uh, manga artist. I mean, he looked at Disney and he was like, "Yeah, I could do stuff like that." And then like he became the Godfather of manga, and now and then everyone kind of became descendants of him. And now everyone in the Western world rips off manga for their own purposes and are influenced by that, even though it's just Disney through a Japanese filter. I thought you were the Godfather of manga. Not yet. Not That's what yet. I've been telling people. Uh-oh. Uh Okay. Well. So, so anyways. I, my feelings of Yojimbo, both first watches for me. Yeah. So I think what you and me are inverse people between Kurosawa and Mr. Federico Fellini. Because there are certain Fellini movies that I like. I acknowledge that they're very good. And then there's a lot of Fellini movies that I just can't get into. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're kind of putting off that vibe for Kurosawa where there are movies you like of his a lot yep. and you somewhat acknowledge that they're good movies, but a lot of them you just don't really care that much. Yeah. Where for me, I think Kurosawa's fucking dope. Mm-hmm. He's a cool ass dude. Yep. And I really liked both of these movies. Now, I don't think either of these are at the top of the tier. They're not like the top 10 or anything like that so far, but I was entertained watching both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them have a, a couple dips in uh, where it's just like, meh. I'm not super interested at this moment, mm-hmm. but uh, the rest of the movie is keeping me together. So like for Yojimbo, uh, I think it's 
it succeeds at being entertaining more often than it's not. Uh, I really like watching Tish, uh, Tashiro Mifune do his thing because he's just the coolest dude. Um, going around rubbing his neck, mm-hmm. rubbing his fucking uh, scratching, pecs, pecking and, and rubbing, scratching. He's got yeah. his arms in his hoodie, his uh, mm-hmm. his 16th century hoodie. His 16th century hoodie, yeah. So uh, I think he's super cool, and like they play him up as the ultimate badass, which is good because he should be like that at the end when he comes out in that dust storm and it's like one man against 20 yep. that's so cool that's some clint eastwood shit right there and then would sure. become clint eastwood. <laughs> correct correct that is some clint eastwood shit right there um i think stuff like that is awesome i enjoy, i really enjoy watching it i thought for the most part like the story and the plot were um like it was good and entertained me it didn't like I didn't think it ever surprised me, but I mean that's it's fine. I've seen it's like what we were saying when when a movie's so influential, sometimes it just you know you know the beats already just by seeing it mm-hmm. through other stuff. So I kind of got that vibe, but it yeah. didn't really take away anything from me. Um, yeah, it's got uh, every now and then it's got some really um, unsuspected like scenes of violence, and you're like, whoa! You're like, I didn't see that one coming. So that's kind of neat. Uh-huh. Uh, the sword play isn't top of the line, but I mean, they tried their best, right? Yeah. Like they tried their best. Um, I don't know. I liked, uh, I liked the groups of the gangs. I thought it was very real where it's like a lot of dudes just like bragging about how tough they are. It's like, I got warrants out for my arrest, like here and there and all this shit. And I feel like a lot of like real tough guys are like that. They're like, it's like, I, I once killed a man. It's like, cool, dude. Mm. <laughs> cool. So I, I felt like those guys were pretty uh, pretty real. Uh, I like all the corpse talk. At one point, someone calls the town a corpse fair, and I thought that was <laughs> yeah. pretty neat. That was a good, that was a good uh, bit. That was a good bit. Uh, this movie has one of the all-time great face pushes where the giant Japanese man, just the gi- Japanese Andre the Giant, yep. fucking totally face palms Tashiro Mifune and just throws him across a room. That's a great face push. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to start keeping track of face pushes on this show. Right. Because there's been a couple. Um, and then this line has uh, one of my probably all-time favorite quotes I've seen so far. Uh, there was a scene where the guys were drinking sake. Someone said something, and I think it was uh, Tashiro Mifune. He just said, shut up. I'm drinking. <laughs> or I'm busy drinking. Shut up. I'm busy drinking. And I, I really related to that. I was like, you know what? You know what's up. Yep. So uh, I, I thought this movie was good. I thought it was really entertaining. I don't think it's uh, top of like one of the best we've seen or any by any means, but yeah. uh, I enjoyed watching it. So Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those situations with the movie where like even like when I watched this stuff back in the day, um, I never really felt a draw to it. Like it's just not, it doesn't do anything. The story itself isn't inventive enough for me to really get into it. Um, and I mean, like I said, there's, there, there are like samurai movies that I like a lot that I think are really good. Uh, 13 assassins is also good. That's a more of a modern movie. Uh, they, they exist. The Lone and cub movies are really sweet. They're super entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like, just like the style of those movies a little bit more. Cause they're like trashier, pulpier. Um, sure. they're, I mean, we'll, we'll get to Senjuro, but like, so yep. Ujimbo, I mean, it's better than the Samurai Trilogy movies. That's for certain. Uh, That's for sure. Yep. So, I mean, there's different ways of making it just because just, 
I don't know. It's just something about the story that I just don't like. And I mean, like I'm in a minority here. Like when you look up the people talking about these movies, yep. even the people who hate these movies, it's not that strong a hate. Uh, people just like, I mean, sure. at the end of the day, they're action movies. Um, I just mm-hmm. think that there's, I find there's more interesting action movies than these, uh, than this one. Uh, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just like, to- just not my movie, I guess, which... I don't know. It says more about me than anything else. It's just a total. I think it's it, it comes down totally to taste, um, and like I just they yeah. just aren't to my liking compared to some things, which is fine. It's good. I think it does say more about you than anything else. Well, it is. It, I mean, because it, it, it's my opinion. <laughs> you jerk. You jerk. You jerk. No, that's fine. Like uh, I actually, I thought you really liked these movies, so uh, I'm wrong, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I feel so indifferent kind of watching them at the same time. And I kind of like zone out. It's easy for me to get like doing other things while they're on. Like there's nothing to keep me grounded in watching them. Uh, Just from a story Mm -hmm. point of view, I'm kind of like, yeah, then he's going to win. And I don't really care how he gets to that point. And there's like, it's like lots of double crossing back and forth for no reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's characters walking back up and down the same street. And that's like the whole like dramatic nature of the story is guys just walking up and down the street which is probably also why when i rewatched fistful of dollars uh last year when i was like on my big western kick i was kind of like oh i don't really know if i like this movie as much as i used to i mean i still think like i mean it's been a while since i watched but good the bad and the ugly all-time banger Mm -hmm. that movie's fucking great but and i have to rewatch um a few dollars more because uh i know that I remember at one point I thought Fistful of Dollars was so much better than uh, A Few Dollars More. But then I also know a lot of people who say, like, that, that's their favorite is A Few Dollars More. And so I'm like, maybe my opinion's mm. changed on these things. I need to go back and watch that one as well. I was thinking about going back and watching those, but I, instead I started watching Italian Pieces of Shit and uh, other crap-like movies called Catacombs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a Jared thing. It's just it's on the It's on the wavelength I'm on now, you know? Yeah, you know, it's just like when you watch it, it feels like a dream. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, know, you know, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I thought you. Were, I thought you uh, dug these movies, so that's a little surprising. But um, I liked them. That's. I good. think samurai westerns are cool. So. Hmm. Should we move on to Sanjuro? Yeah. As uh, we're kind of already talking about it. I guess so. Come 
அவரம் திமிசிரினியா. Up the, I, I just thought of this. I'm gonna look up the uh, the letterbox synopsis. It does, it does such a succinct, beautiful job of uh, recapping these movies for me. Uh, all right, here is it, is it just like a bunch of dudes in bald caps make weird decisions? Well, that'd be accurate. Okay, <clears throat> so folks, Sanjuro from 1962, directed by Akira Kurosawa. A crafty ronin helps a young man and his fellow samurai save his uncle, their lord chamberlain, Matsuta, who has been framed and imprisoned by a corrupt local superintendent. How exciting. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, my notes for Sanjuro, RJ. Mm-hmm. Sanjuro is pretty boring. Really boring. And then the blood explosion... Yeah, that's pretty accurate for the most part. So yeah, I have never been a fan of Sanjuro. I I, no. I really remember that um, from even back when. I remember like I just, mm-hmm. I think this movie. So Sanjuro it was definitely uh, has that stink of a cash in to me. Uh, it's oh, actually yeah. it's it was uh, yeah. it, so it was based on a novel that like and they basically just they they took the the story and they just shoehorned to Mufune's character, which like. Isn't really a character. It's just like a guy. And they went, yeah, we're gonna put him in. We're gonna do this story. Uh, what is it? It's an adaptation of the Shugoro Yamamoto novel Hibi Hain. The script was altered with the success of Kurosawa's uh, Jimbo to incorporate the lead character to that film. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So I mean, essentially, it's a <laughs> it's another movie uh, with, yes. with the same character, and he yes. just he's slotted in, and he gets to do kind of the same story again with political machinations and the characters all scheming and plotting, and there's, mm-hmm. so there's lots of lots of characters just talking and going back and forth. Uh, yeah, I just don't like this movie all that much. Damn. Um, it, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a not a fan of the Sanjuro. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's no Henry V. By any means, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it was just like me not being into this movie from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, I like again Toshiro Mufune. I'll give, to give him credit. I mean, that's my place is give guys credit where it's due. Uh, sure. He's he's super charming and great. Uh, I think he's like he's like really great in these movies. Uh, just as a performance, mm-hmm. you can see why he became a superstar and like beloved, like iconic figure of like Japanese cinema. Uh, yeah, because he has such range. Like he plays a different character. Like you compare his character in these movies to his character in uh, Seven Samurai, where he's like just 
out of his head and spastic and stuff like that. And this, he's like the chill dude, which is like kind yeah. of what I remembered him being in Seven Samurai until we watched it and went, oh, wait, no, he's completely different. He's just mm-hmm. this like guy coming out of the, out of the jungle and out of the forest and just strutting around. And he's also scratching himself and being kind mm-hmm. of gross. And in these movies, like, yeah, he's like a totally cool guy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This story to me is just like super boring. Mm-hmm. Um, no more interesting to me than like some of like those the, the samurai trilogy movies. Uh, yeah. the movie still looks good. Uh, like it's a it's like I can obviously can acknowledge it's a really well made movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's just like absolutely no interest for me whatsoever while I'm watching this yep. stuff. Um, so yeah. That's my hot take, RJ, on Sanjuro. Um, Shit. So, what did what do you think of this movie? Uh, I didn't think it was a big pile of dog shit. Well, that's uh, that's good. I mean, I didn't either. I just thought it was yeah. a, a boring movie. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff to like in this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's as good as Yojimbo. Uh, the the copy of the actual film that I watched was better than Yojimbo. It was a lot more smooth and clear, but. I don't know what that means. I mean, maybe Japan just couldn't figure it out a year before, and then a year later they they knew what was up. So, anyways, um, I like Senjuro. I don't think it's as good as Yojimbo. Okay, it does have some some walls for sure. When there's a lot of uh, the fucking conniving old dudes in their little fucking hut, and they're just like, ooh, 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 ooh. oh yeah, um, I love that scene. Uh, that's, yeah. all, that's all the scenes, RJ. It happens, RJ. Like, four, it happens oh, okay. like five, six times. So you know when I knew that Sanjuro was not for me? When I uh, I did the, the time code check. Okay, how far into this movie am I? Oh, it's been 18 minutes. And then like <laughs> after like what felt like, like 20 minutes, I did it again. And it had only been like eight minutes. And I went, yeah. oh, my God. And then yeah. I did it again. And I was like, okay, it's got to have been like 50 minutes now. Oh, no, it's been 35 minutes, which is not an experience I had while watching Twin Peaks. Um, oh, obviously, oh. comparing these things, it's not, they're not the same thing. But my enjoyment, oh, my like, my like, just like feeling watching these things and investment is just like so different. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, like I've read like the like the Lone Wolf and Cub comics. Uh, like I've read like all twenty eight right. volumes of that manga and loved them. Thought they were great. Uh, so it's not like necessarily it's like the samurai genre turns me off. It's just like these particular yep. these stories that uh, Kurosawa is told, just like don't draw me in as much as you think that like a Kurosawa movie should. Because like he's mm-hmm. such a revered great filmmaker who I know has made movies that I have liked, but um, I don't know. He's your Fellini, hey? He, he's my Fellini. Cause he's like, your Fellini. Man, because like comparing like just the Fellini movies I watched like two weeks ago, fuck. Knights of Kiberia, so goddamn good. I watched that movie like tonight. That mo- I love that movie to bits. Uh, it, 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 it's going to be a long, long time before I'd ever watch Ujimbo and Sanjiro again. Um, and yeah. like, like I would say I do like Ujimbo more as well. Like it, I think mm-hmm. it is just a better movie. I think that like very few people say otherwise like it's like yeah uh but then there's some people of course like well actually Sanjuro I think is his finest film I think it surpasses Seventh Samurai you know they exist yeah and then you're just like shut up nerd yeah yeah um no yeah I I know what you're saying Sanjuro's not it's not the top of the line I do like there are things I do like I think the opening is pretty dope I liked how he just kind of stumbled in on that and then you get some shots of like Samurai 
running through bushes in the dark and i was like "Ooh, that's cool uh i think he does lighting very good in this movie a lot of shadows a lot of light a lot of dark so i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. uh he throws in some of that classic kurosawa kurosawa humor uh, there's a scene where Toshiro Mifune asks for some food, and then later on you see him, and he's got a, a plate with like fucking like a hundred rice balls on it, and mm-hmm. I think that's really funny. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I thought that was really funny. Um, I like the dude in the closet who kept coming out all the time. I thought that was cool. It, it, like I thought that was kind of funny. He's yeah. just like, I live in the closet now. All right. Uh, and the only time it didn't land for me and one of the one of the big problems, I guess, was uh, at the end, the group like celebrates and it's played like this weird, cheesy music comes in and it's like played for joy and laughs or something. And that doesn't really work, I don't think. But, uh, hmm. you know, whatever. Um, Andrea walked by in this movie. She caught something really good. The main antagonist, like the other samurai. Yep. He looks just like the guy from fucking Iron Chef. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with iron chef go look up it's the one where like he's not like the old dude and the like very very old japanese iron chefs it's like the guy who was his son or nephew who took it over later and then would come to the america ones who would always be like uh what, would, what was his line again is like i own cuisine uh, that's my impression uh he looks just like that guy so check it out Okay, oh, you and, know what? And, like normally, I'd say, "Wow, that's really fucking racist." Asian people don't look at the same. But Andrea totally called the similarity between AJ Styles, uh, WWE superstar, mm-hmm. and uh, one uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes, <laughs> where where yeah. there's like now, like I think like the rest of the wrestling internet are mm-hmm. catching up to this and being like, "Whoa!" Because there's there's this hilarious. I didn't send this to you. It was like Entertainment mm-hmm. Weekly had a still of like just Billy Ray sitting there with a <laughs> with a hat on, and like yeah. it was like. Is that why is AJ Styles? Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, so maybe She's actually, yeah, there's, there's maybe there's something to this <laughs> other there, than there casual is. racism. No, she she calls this out a lot. She always does side by sides. Uh, one <laughs> she she very accurately pegged um, Benedict Cumberbatch with uh, Corn Rose Axel Rose. Uh, and I know you're what you're gonna say. You're like, what? What? But uh, she she found two pictures that looked really good together, oh. and then uh, one that's a little meaner, I guess, is um, Jessica Chastain with uh, Jared Leto's Joker. If you put those <laughs> two beside each other, they're very pale. Oh, they're very. See it. They have hollow, fucking sunken in cheeks. It's very close, man. If you don't have colors on, you'd think they were the same. So okay. she does have an uncanny um, ability to do this. But uh, yeah, that was her her poll. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And the, the last thing I'll be, say about Sandro is uh, that there's like that group of women they encounter for some reason. I don't yeah. really know why. But uh, the older lady, she's got the blackest fucking teeth. They're so gross and black. Oh, it's like nobody um, else has black teeth like that. It's like Is a it? uh, it's eggplant. It's like I don't know what the fuck it's about, dude. But it's Why? like it's like a common I don't know. It's something they did they, they did back in the day, old times like those... in Japan. It's like this. I don't know what if they what if there's like eggplant dye that they were using, yeah. but like it was a style. It was like a fashion thing that okay, like so that, obviously that, didn't. Did, yes, yeah, that's completely intentional. Uh, I don't we, know. We I don't, thought... Yeah. Yeah, we thought it was that thing like in India that like betel juice or whatever that or betel goose or whatever that that fucking nut thing they eat that turns your uh, teeth black. Oh, I was it like, could oh. be related to that. I just remember yeah. like I remember being like 
horrified by that at one point. Uh, it's, well, it's it's like, it's like when yeah. you're watching like manga and like you hear like those fucking insects always in the background and like all these yeah. things like the Chicada Chicadas. Uh, yeah, Chicago, Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I know what you mean. I, I was I was very uh, taken aback by it because no one else had that, and I was like, man, this why is this lady's teeth so black? Yeah, and it's usually uh, women that have it only two, and it's like kind of like the. Uh, not maybe geishas or like I can't remember. It's like a weird thing, something. Uh, I just wish I could remember what it is. Yeah, uh, Oharguru is a custom of dyeing one's teeth black. It was most popular in Japan until the Meiji Meiji era. Tooth painting was also known and practiced in the southeastern parts of China. Uh, dyeing is mainly done by married women, though occasionally men do it as well. Uh, it is also beneficial as it prevented tooth decay in a similar fashion to modern dental sealants. Hmm. Uh, so it, since uh, we'll, we'll just talk about this some more <laughs> in Japan. Sure. Oharguru existed in one form or another for hundreds of years and was seen amongst the population as beautiful until the end of the Meiji period. Objects that were pitch black, such as a glaze like liqueur, were seen as beautiful. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I, I... Yeah. Oh, okay. There's there is a reference. There is a. Okay. It, it was a thing. All right. You you answered my question. Their black teeth means something, which it's, I did not think it did. R J. Black is beautiful. Black is beautiful. Well, there you go. Always been on black. I guess that's what Wesley Snipes says, right? Yep. I think that's all related here. And he, that he pretty had, much sums up uh, Sanjuro, hey? And he had uh, bladehead swords. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. So there you go, I so, guess. Eh? So you, you, what's your so I don't know. What's your defense of uh, these movies to me? Like, do you have any? Do you give a crap? That no, I, none. No, I don't. I don't care if you so, like them or not. See, I thought they it, were entertaining. It, 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 it bugs me more, I guess, that you don't love Fellini or, or like Fellini as much as you should. Um, I well, guess you just bug me. Period. So yeah, how about that? I'll, I'll continue to harass you on those fronts. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I guess like I can, uh, I can always just I relate more to like uh, the stories that Fellini wants to tell because they're like about real life and not kind of this like samurai fantasy. Like to me, it's like they're almost sure. like fantasy movies. Um, and like obviously, there were real samurais that did heroic deeds, and perhaps they even like played one side against another in a small town to help clear it out of the riffraff. Maybe that happened all the time, um, but I don't know. <laughs> If it did, mm. that story could be told maybe more interestingly than in these two movies. Are you talking about Finding Nemo? Um, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Do, do you sometimes just pick movies completely at random that have nothing yeah. to do with what you're saying? Are you, I, uh, are you looking I, at your like DVD shelf to your left and just saying, hey, Finding Nemo, that's the ticket? No, there was actually a train of thought there. Um, you were talking, and I wasn't listening. Because I don't, I normally don't. But uh, I noticed behind you in the image, your trees are moving in the wind, oh. and I was like, trees, motion, water, seaweed, sea, Finding Nemo. <laughs> so that's uh, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I'm a cool dude. Well, RJ, I don't mm-hmm. hate these movies, but there are some people that don't care for these movies. Yeah, yeah. Let's have it. Let's let's see what they have to say. Kevin Hawkins. He gave uh, Ujimbo two and a half stars. My first exposure to Kurosawa. Let me preface this by saying that, no, I haven't seen A Fistful of Dollars yet, so hop off my back. 
Uh, Yojimbo features a fairly straightforward plot about a mysterious samurai who wanders into a town where two rival clans are at each other's throats and take advantage of his situation. The cinematography is good, the characters are distinct, and the story is simple. Personally, I don't think this film is as glorious as most others seem to think. It's not necessarily bad, but it's also not the masterpiece that it's hyped up to be. It's Mm. contemplating whether I should wait a while before watching A Fistful of Dollars or watch it as soon as possible. So, I mean, that guy's got big, big concerns here about whether or not he should watch another movie that's kind of similar. Yeah. Maybe he should have just fucking did it for his review. Yeah. And fucking had a little bit of commitment and, you know, passion for mm-hmm. what he does. Perhaps. Sounds like you, though, yeah. with his criticisms. Debbie Downer. Uh, yeah. JC. These, and these are the lowest ratings uh, that okay. were star ratings on uh, Letterboxd for Ujimbos. Two and a half stars is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm slowly making my way through the Kurosawa filmography. Well, you always know someone's Ooh. a piece of shit when they say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've watched Seven Samurai, High and Low, Ikiru. Oh, Rashomon. Rashomon, if you consider you that a samurai movie, uh, uh, is, is pretty, it's pretty darn good. Uh, yeah. And now I can add Ujimbo to the list. While this certainly ranks near the bottom of the five I've seen so far, it was still enjoyable at times and clearly influential. It almost felt like I've seen it multiple times before. The biggest question I kept asking myself throughout the entire film, why does this samurai care so much to rage war between these two opposing clans? Sure, mm. there's an easy answer, to rid the town of its corruption. Maybe it's a samurai code or tradition that I'm just not familiar with or not giving enough credit to, but as he continually swapped sides, made them battle for his bodyguard services and got beat down himself, I kept asking why? Just leave nobody asked you to show up and stick around anyway it also played this uh played into me not caring for any dramatics going on between other either shiba's gang or ushitora's when you know the end result is going to be the samurai cleaning house of both sides why should i worry about each other inner workings the samurai would kill a gang member uh and blame it on the other then kill five or six of the other guy's gang and blame ushitora ultimately every one of these gang members are just pawns in his game on multiple occasions he sits atop a bell tower similar to a lifeguard at a community pool watching with amusement as the two sides below go back and forth he is god having fun with those underneath him now that's not saying there's there weren't some entertaining moments and some of the dialogue is just fun to listen to you can clearly see the film's influence in cases like leone's westerns and the 90s bruce willis film last man standing oh he read wikipedia Damn right. Uh, there's plenty of great action sequences and some fantastic camera work showing the desolate village streets in wide frame. <laughs> uh, I've never heard of that one. It's like wide uh, frame. Wide frame. There are also some great side characters from the always smiling sake brewer Takashi, who yells out all the time for battle, to the sympathetic innkeeper, to the always busy coffin maker, to the weak farmer who is reunited with his wife. Maybe I'm just looking at it all from the wrong point of view. That I need to just admire the cool main character kicking ass and love it for what it is but the question of what's the point kept me from fully enjoying Ujimbo someone needs to get me straight um, so I mean I don't know this guy like seems to have enjoyed this movie and got really into it because he's like mm-hmm. he knows all the characters he's listing it out spelling it all out uh, far more than I do um, I just know I just don't care for the story at the end of the day um, but anyway he's really hammering on what the point is but we've said before that's the wrong way to go about this stuff sometimes yeah. if you get hung up on like certain details like that then it's like why watch any movies at all well sometimes it can happen and then it's stuck in your head and you just can't yeah. get it out of there um i guess it happens um and then as far as sanjuro here's a one and a half star review from Ooh. creamy pointless Ooh. boring drivel shit <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. I like that. Nice. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a Jared Duncan review right there. Yeah, it's not that Shit. far off. And that's so that's the lowest one. Uh, and then we have uh, Andy Torino. I don't mm-hmm. know. Two stars. Dull and underwhelming considering it is a follow-up to Kurosawa's previous excellent action effort, Yojimbo. The action is flat and the plot never amounts to much. Even Kurosawa's direction feels off for most of most part of the movie. Hmm. How, how does he know? How does he know? I don't know. Does, how do you know what he was doing? How does anyone know anything in this life? Exactly. <sighs> Jeez. Yeesh. So, Jeez. I don't know. That's uh, Kurosawa. Mm. If, well, I, I guess, like, if a Kurosawa fan is still listening to us and, like, has only, like, listened to, like, two or three of our episodes, they'd be like, man, mm-hmm. this guy's a dickhead. Why would we even listen to this guy ever talk about movies that he doesn't huh. like Kurosawa? Well, I'm really into both the other two that we watch, so. Yeah. Maybe you have to prop it I, up. It evens out. It's the same as if someone listens to a Fellini episode and i'm like i don't know why i don't know like these it's just some weird thing i don't know you're just or the 400 blows episode which is our greatest uh our greatest hit apparently yep <laughs> or, uh everyone's mad at me because i was like oh whatever who gives a shit about this fucking orphan kid Mis- mispronouncing words yeah well that's that's your bad i would never do that no yeah well i think that's it uh after the break uh, RJ is going to split me open with a sword and I'm just going to explode into a geyser of blood. Is that a sex thing? just stops and then I'm dead. Is that a sex thing? It can be.
So RJ, when you watch these Kurosawa movies, do you ever have that hankering to drink some sake? I do, actually. Yeah? I think I've only had it once or twice. I can't really remember what it was like. Served warm? Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, but that could have just been because it was out in the sun all day. My friend made it. You know how you have to, like, distill the gas and just leave it outside all day and, you know. All that fun stuff. Uh, well, folks, if you have any impulses to, I don't know, drink sake and like roll your golf cart and vomit <laughs> into a bag of Doritos chips, Lay's chips. It was Lay's. It wasn't Doritos, you fuck. You can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're on the Letterboxd. Uh, I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlop on there. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all the podcast engines. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Please hey, do. Next week, we're doing spine number 54. We're leaving the planet, RJ. What? We are watching a little documentary about going to the moon. Um, Al, is- there's no aliens. Shut up. Uh, Al Reinhardt directed For All Mankind from 1989, and we'll be watching it for next week. Our I'm going to watch Alf. Second documentary. After uh, that all-time banger, Nanook of the North. I thought you were going to say Spinal Tap. It's our uh, third. That would be a mockumentary. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to watch alien movies instead. Nobody gives a shit about this movie. Well, there's like a lot of like aliens Actually, on the moon movies. You should definitely do true. that. I, I'll your... watch some of those. Absolutely. It, yeah. This I... is actually one of Chris Nolan's favorite movies. Oh. Well, you know, he's like probably as hated as Woody Allen these days, and I don't know. If, I don't think he's done a fucking thing. He he never they touched hate, They hate him because they ain't him. Oh shit! Right? Yeah. Fuckers are just jealous. Those fucks. Yeah. Good night, folks. He's out, dogs. Bye.